0: up to play pinball, and put in your earplugs, put on your eye shades. You know where to put the cork.
1: We're gonna. Change.
2: Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show. A little bit of Doobie Brothers there. There's several things uh, I would like to talk about in this first hour. First of all, I was out of the office this week uh, for about three days. I was in Texas uh, traveling between Dallas and San Antonio to where I I flew into Dallas uh, and rented a car and drove to San Antonio and uh, to go to the funeral of a dear friend who uh, was a lot older than me, uh, 92 years old, but he passed away recently, and uh, I was able to attend his funeral. And uh, it was hot. You know, we think it's hot here. Oh, boy. Texas heat is... Is, is is a different thing altogether. It's not quite as humid there, so that's a little bit better, unless you're down on the coast near uh, Houston or someplace like that. Um, I got to listen to a lot of talk radio while I was on the road, and uh, one of the things that you, you heard a lot about was um, – the well, towards on on uh, Thursday, you heard a lot about the shooting, the tragic shooting at the uh, at the newspaper office in Annapolis, Maryland. But prior to that, I was hearing that day about uh, the grilling of Rod Rosenstein by the uh, the Congress the congressmen who were, who were uh, tasked with doing that and trying to get information from Rosenstein, who's the deputy attorney general, pertinent to the Mueller investigation of the Trump campaign. And it's obvious that these people have been sitting on information for some time that they have not disclosed. They've basically... Um, ignored Congress and ignored their requests for information as to why, because they have oversight in this matter over the Justice Department, and the Justice Department has not been giving them the information that they request. This is a out-of-control part of government. Jeff Sessions is supposed to be in charge of it, but he's taken a pass and recused himself. So basically the um, investigation has continued without any oversight from the attorney general himself, who should at least be in charge of the investigation and uh, able to say at some point enough is enough, because the uh, investigation of the Trump campaign just continues on you've had some uh indictments related to tax laws and things like that paul manafort being one of them anthony cohen possibly another uh and there have been three others whom i can't recall but the important thing here is that this is a branch of uh government that is basically out of control And this is what Trump came to rein in, was to take the power away from Washington, D.C. and return it back to the people. So um, we heard the GOP congressman um, skewering Rod Rosenstein, the gosh, he's an arrogant little, I don't know what to call him, but uh, slimy is the word I would, you know, typical of what you get in Washington, D.C., in these underling positions that uh, still have quite a bit of power, but they don't have to go in front of people and present a look of respectability. Uh, This guy fits all the descriptions of the slimy Washington bureaucrat. And this is the very thing that... um, Voters sent a message about when Trump was elected that Washington was not going to be run by these kind of people. It still is. probably always, to some extent, will be because the idea behind this is not to be accountable to the voters, but to be um, essentially non-accountable. Speaking of voters, we're going to talk a little bit later about... Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and her victory in the New York congressional race, pure, raw socialist. But anyway, um, so the discussion went on for some time, and finally Congress passed a resolution that should uh, accelerate uh, the ability of, uh, of course, it was along partisan lines, which means that uh, every Democrat voted against it, to try to get information out of these people to wrap up this this Trump uh, uh, fact-finding process. You either have it or you don't. You keep looking under rocks, there ought to be something out there that you're looking for that you have found at this point. But if you haven't found anything, to continue to tie up the American people and the government in this never-ending investigation is wrong. So that was one of the big things that we saw on TV or on the radio as we drove. And I agree with... uh, Republicans. It's time to wrap it up. Stay with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree show. It's News Radio 630 WLAP.
0: The news you want to know. The FBI political bias. We've seen the bias. We need to see the evidence. The news Supreme Court nominee. Fight to the end. You need to know. A terrible shooting incident. Stay in the know. We're still talking to the individual with News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi,
2: I'm Tom Dupree Jr. Our firm, Dupree Financial Group, has been engaged in the management of retirement investment accounts of our clients for nearly 14 years. My personal time in the investment business spans 40 years. We bring experience to the table in managing your retirement dollars. If you would like a seasoned and experienced manager to handle your investment portfolio, then give us a call. To schedule a complimentary review of your retirement investments, call Dupree Financial Group at 859 233 or send an email to info at dupreefinancial.com. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturdays at 7 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859 and 400 and dupreefinancial.com. on the Tom Dupree Show. Okay. You want to see what you're voting for when you're voting Democrat. This is it. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez represents the future of the Democratic Party. This is in The Guardian. It uh, was put out on uh, Wednesday the 27th by a guy named Ross Barkhan. It is fitting that the earthquake victory of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez over one of the most powerful Democrats in the country came sandwiched between two catastrophic U.S. court decisions. Ocasio-Cortez, a 28-year-old former Bernie Sanders organizer, crushed Joe Crowley, the number four-ranked Democrat in the House, on Tuesday night. Crowley was rarely, widely viewed as a possible successor to, to Nancy Pelosi. Not only was Crowley a Washington power broker, but he was one of the most influential Democrats in New York State, controlling the Democratic Party in his home borough of Queens and directing much of the internal Democrat politics of New York City. Other than Ocasio-Cortez, no Democrat would dare rebuke Crowley publicly. In retrospect, Crowley as a future Speaker was a laughable proposition. Ocasio-Cortez represents the future of the Democratic Party. When she breezes to victory over a token Republican opposition in November, she will be the youngest woman ever expect elected to Congress. She is a Latina in a majority-minority district that Crowley, who is white and raises his family in... Uh, Virginia never truly represented it. Just as important, Ocasio-Cortez is an unabashed leftist, supported by the Democrats, Socialists of America, and numerous progressive organizations. She ran on a platform of Medicare for all, abolishing ICE and a federal jobs guarantee. She was afraid of, unafraid of calling out corporatism and capitalism. I count myself. This is this Ross Barkin, a proud supporter. Her election was truly grassroots-driven. She was Crowley's first opponent in 14 years. Voters were longing for a chance, and Ocasio-Cortez offered by far the best one. Okay. Now, for those of you, and it's amazing how many people don't really understand what socialism is. For those of you who don't understand socialism, this is its face. This is what the Democrats are too afraid to admit that they are. And what she did was simply admit the thing that uh, most Democrats are afraid to admit, that I am a socialist. I want to take away your goods and appropriate them for the good of the state the state being some kind of miasmic thing out there that really essentially involves empowering people that run the state. It's, as people call it, communism without guns, although it will use guns if that's what's required to keep power. Now, admittedly, The district that she came from is highly Latina. They hadn't had somebody like her. They might have voted for a Latina who was a conservative that came out. They just wanted to have representation of someone that looked like them. So it could be an accident of the fact that she happens to be Latina and uh, is also nearly a communist. But what I would say to you is that the rank-and-file Democrat, including Amy McGrath, who's running against Andy Barr, won't admit that basically their platform is a socialist one. Because that is what is behind taking from those who make and produce and using it supposedly to empower those who don't produce anything, but really for the most part to spend it on the uh, bureaucratic state and on its leaders. I don't think we're in danger of having a nationwide... move towards socialism but this is the only thing that democrats have to combat prosperity they want to tell you you're not a part of that prosperity it's all going towards wealthy people envy is 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 a very great tenet of socialism they have to make you envious of those who are producing and creating things, in order to get you to buy in to socialism and what it does and what it is. So, um, I think you're you're going to see uh, this thing play out. See, this is is, is the voice of trying to milit. Of a militant socialism, what the institutional Democrats who close ranks around Crowley until his dying breath can't understand is that there is no place anymore for action not to match rhetoric. Not anymore. You can't wave the progressive flag as Crowley had begun to, and vote for the Iraq War, the Patriot Act, and take gobs of cash from Wall Street. Actually, Crow. Uh, Ocasio-Cortez wants to take gobs of cash from Wall Street. She just wants to uh, take it via taxes and confiscation. She doesn't want to do a transaction. She just wants to take it. So this uh, I can find something wrong with what this guy says right, right there. You don't get to do both. You don't get to be Democrats who sells out the working class in the name of a mythical idea of moderation that only serves those with money and power. Okay, You're always going to hear socialists talk about the working class. These are people who work for other people. Now, it's embedded in there is some idea that the working class has in itself uh, its own wisdom that they could run the business better than those running it. And I can tell you this, they don't. That's why they're the working class. That's why they are workers and the managers are managers because they understand how to direct the work. If you take that out of the, out of the proposition, you take away managers who are, are gifted in knowing how to manage people and groups and working uh, teams, you take that away, you have chaos. This is where socialists really grab their power, because when you have chaos, you have people looking to the government to fix things. When the corporate, uh, corporate sector is strong, and able to get things done. There is no chaos. Things run much better. I was amazing at how well the state of Texas runs. Um, Not just from a corporate uh, point of view, but also the government. It runs very efficiently. This is not a place that's necessarily hospitable to human life. Uh, We were in, uh, I was there and, and the drought there, I mean, it's very tough for them to grow crops, that kind of thing. Texas has been through droughts before. They learn how to continue to function despite that. I was never in a restaurant where there was a shortage of anything on the menu I don't know how it works. It seems like it's magic. But I can tell you that places that are um, more used to capitalism and the profit motive are much more able to get through rougher times than our ones that aren't I don't know how that works or why it works that way but people are able to find their spot and do it when there's organization okay stay with us you're listening to the Tom DeFree show it's news radio 630 WLAP
0: Guys, GQ and the New York Times agree. The untucked shirt look is here to stay. But a regular shirt worn untucked is too long, wide, and sloppy. Untuck It solved this problem by creating the first shirt designed specifically to be worn untucked. Re-engineered for a more precise fit and the ideal length for a clean, casual look. And with more than 50 sizing options, every guy can find the perfect shirt. Go to untuckit.com and use promo code IHEART20 for 20% off your first purchase. That's code IHEART20 for 20% off at untuckit.com. Once every day, someone in Kentucky tests positive for HIV. Plus, one out of eight people don't know they are infected.
1: Kentucky, the fight against HIV-AIDS isn't over.
0: AVOL's mission is to stop the spread of HIV-AIDS and empower those affected. Just last year, AVOL brought mobile HIV testing to Lexington and Eastern Kentucky. It's never been easier to access an HIV test and only takes 15 minutes to get tested. Stop in AVOL any Monday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 3 to 8 for free HIV testing at 365 Waller Avenue. For more information about accessing testing where you live, visit avolky.org. Looking for fast, easy, and secure electronic banking? Community Trust has a wide variety of banking services to meet your needs, including internet banking, bill pay, and mobile banking banking we now have even more great services like Apple pay make payments directly from your smartphone and people pay a fast easy secure way to send and receive money from your smartphone visit us on the internet to learn more at ctbi.com that's ctbi.com Community Trust Bank building communities built on trust member FDIC I'm
1: tweeting this morning praising immigration officers of ice calling them quote the smartest toughest and most spirited law enforcement groups of men and women that I've ever seen I'VE WATCHED THE ICE LIBERATE TOWNS FROM THE GRASP OF MS-13 AND CLEAN OUT THE TOUGHEST OF SITUATIONS. He then criticized Democrats for wanting to abolish the agency. ICE agents have come under fire for carrying out the Trump administration's zero-tolerance policy that resulted in the separation of more than 2,000 children from migrant parents when they crossed over into the U.S. Today, marches are planned nationwide.
2: Motivated by accounts of children taken from their parents while trying to cross into the U.S. from Mexico, more than 600 marches taking place today across the country to press President Trump's administration to reunite families separated at the border. It's being called the June 30 Day of Action, organized by Families Belong Together. Todd Ant, ABC News.
1: The president says he has a short list for Supreme Court justices to replace retiring Justice Anthony Kennedy. Michelle Franson, ABC News.
0: We will continue to hang on to a muggy day out there. And it is actually hot and humid for this final day of June. Can't rule out a popcorn shower, a thunderstorm, most day dry. Temperatures today, mainly upper 80s, low 90s. The heat index, though, that's what it will feel like when you throw the humidity into the pile, into the mid to upper 90s. Scattered thunderstorms return for your Sunday and Monday. Temperatures right around 90. Rubber stamp that forecast. Play it again every day into the 4th of July week. I'm WKYT Chief. Meteorologist Chris Bailey on your official weather station, News Radio 630 WLAP. Broadcasting live 24 7 from the Kentucky Transportation Cabinet Studios, this is News Radio 630 WLAP. As a marketer, you want to reach everyone adults, teens, millennials. But it's not like these groups all hang out in the same place, right? Actually, wrong. They're all right here, listening to radio commercials just like this one. Radio ads connect with 93% of Americans every week. That's more than Google, more than Facebook, more than TV. In fact, radio reaches 20% more millennials than TV. Want more of the people you want to talk to all in one place? You want to get to iHeartMedia.com and get AMFM working for you. Welcome to Ralph's, the tire store that says Michelin. Are, are you the ones with that $70 Michelin rebate? 70 bucks? Heck <laughs> no, that's crazy talk. Somebody's got it. What's that tire store with a stupid jingle? So you want four Michelins and 70 bucks back? Yeah. Are you sure you don't know who's got that deal? Tire discounters? What? Tire discounters. If you want four Michelins plus a $70 rebate, you ought to go there. They're the ones with the stupid jingle. Michelin. Life gets complicated, and it only gets more complicated when things change. Which is why AAA insurance agents take the time to talk with you, so that they can help you choose the best auto and home coverage. Don't put off getting protected. Let AAA help cover what you care about. Insurance that's not just insurance. Talk to your local AAA insurance agent or visit AAA.com insurance to learn more about AAA. 630 WLAP.
2: Back on the Tom Dupree show. Here we are. And there John Short is. John, where are you? I'm here, home. All right,
1: John. Okie dokie. What do you think it-
2: about the new uh, Supreme Court pick for Donald Trump?
1: Did you pick somebody already? No. Oh, good. I got I got suggestions already. All right. No, Donald Trump is listening. I think Laura Ingram be good to have on the Supreme Court. I think Laura Ingram. Mm hmm. I think, why not Bridget Gabriel or Pamela Yeller? I think they'll be good in the Supreme Court.
2: Right. Do they have a legal background?
1: I don't know. Another person would be good in the Supreme Court. Why not Judge Janine? Who's she? Judge Janine on Fox News? Yeah. You heard, you heard I knew what I'm talking about?
2: She would have a legal background, wouldn't she?
1: Yep. Well, not just anything. She'll be good on there, and why not? another one would be good in culture. Yeah. And also, I think Jay Sutton would be good in the Supreme Court. Mark Rutherford would be good. Neil Bortz, I think, would be good in the Supreme Court.
2: So you got you got a list of several of them.
1: Yeah, and Billy Cunningham, he'd be good in the Supreme Court.
2: Billy Cunningham.
1: Yeah, he's on WLAP from ten to one on Sunday nights.
2: He's from Cincinnati. Yes. All right, so you've got a long list of people that you think would, would make it on the Supreme Court.
1: Why not? I think, I think that'd be great.
2: Yeah. All right.
1: Now, I don't think I don't know if Donald Trump has any of those candidates listed. I think, I think it'd be good. They are in consideration.
2: What do you think about some of the other Supreme Court rulings that came out like they allowed the president to keep his travel ban in place?
1: That's good, isn't it?
2: I think it is.
1: That's that, that because that. That's were good, and what we need to have in the Supreme Court is nine zero all conservatives, no liberals. <laughs>
2: I agree with you, but I don't think we're going to get that.
1: <laughs> I, think, I think that'd be great,
2: unless a lot of them start uh, retiring.
1: It would be against for it to retire, and need the other liberals to retire too, as it were, right now. Yeah, but I think I think that'd be great.
2: Well, what do you think about um, the tariffs that Trump's doing?
1: The tariffs he's doing? Yeah. I think it's very good what Trump is doing. Do you think so?
2: No, I think the tariffs, he, he needs to think a little bit more about them.
1: He needs to get rid of them, doesn't he?
2: Well, he's talking about putting them on there, and it would, uh, it would keep China from dumping stuff on us. But... Um, you know, that's one thing that some of the people out there are saying they don't think is such a good idea.
1: We need to get rid of ISIS by sundown tonight. You rid ISIS. Yeah. So you be by sundown on the, the next day that Trump got elected.
2: Yeah, I know it. I agree with you on that. I 100% agree with you there.
1: And I heard that the, the leader of. Still trying to try and
2: do the game with the nigger weapons. Haven't, haven't got rid of him quite yet. No, he will though. He's going to have to. All right, yeah, John. It, what did you did you watch any of the college World Series? You know, Oregon State won. I know. That, well,
1: I haven't watched any of the college World Series. No, I haven't. Okay. Well,
2: how how many days until Cook uh, kickoff? September one, isn't it?
1: Yes, yeah, September
2: one. Yeah. So it'll be about. Two months, uh, 60 days tomorrow.
1: Yep. And then that, and that we'll be ready. Yeah. We have to be ready.
2: Yeah, we got to be ready.
1: Yep. So we'll go to the third bowl game in a row.
2: Yeah, this time it needs to be a better bowl game.
1: That's right.
2: Do you go to the bowl games?
1: No, I don't. Do you go to the bowl games?
2: No. I quit going. I might go again one time if we go to a really good one.
1: We need have we need have we need have some more bookings. We need have one in Lexington. We need to have one in Louisville. We need to yeah. have one in Frankfurt.
2: Call it the Bluegrass Bowl.
1: Why not? That'd be great Have, have him here at home.
2: I think it'd be Kentucky. good. I think we ought to play them in the middle of the summer. Give people something to do.
1: <laughs> yeah. Play I mean, one. Play, play one next cream? week. That'd be good,
2: wouldn't it? Yeah, let Kentucky be the host team, bring in Alabama. <laughs>
1: That'd be great. <laughs>
2: well, John, I appreciate it.
1: Okay, Doug, Kroger for next week is Monday, 9 to 1, 30 to 9, 30 to 1, 30.
2: That's John Short working at the Kroger's on Euclid. Okay, you're a great American, John.
1: You're a great American, too. Thank you.
2: Thank you. All right, we hear from John Short. I want to talk about the tariffs thing a little bit because it is something that uh, has concerned a number of people. Uh, This is from the Wall Street Journal. General Motors Company warned the Trump administration that tariffs on vehicle imports would hurt its competitiveness, cost U.S. jobs, and result in a smaller GM. Also, the head of Toyota said the same thing. Other auto manufacturers joined GM in comments to the department in comments submitted to the U.S. Commerce Department, including Toyota Motor Company, which were warned that auto tariffs would have a negative impact on all manufacturers, increasing the cost not only of imported vehicles, but also U.S.-built cars that use foreign parts. They're talking that the Camry could cost $1,800 dollars more. The White House in May asked the Commerce Department to investigate whether tariffs of up 25% on imported vehicles could be used on national security grounds, citing a 1962 law that allows for emergency trade sanctions in the event of a threat. The administration used the same justification to impose tariffs on steel and aluminum imports this spring. President Donald Trump repeatedly has pressed both U.S. and foreign automakers to build more vehicles in America, which would create jobs in Rust Belt states that helped elect him. He also has complained of an uneven playing field. The EU has a 10% tariff on vehicles imported from the U.S. China imposes a 25% duty on U.S. cars. So these are import tariffs that have already been in place Protectionist kind of tariffs that the EU and China do. And the reason behind Trump's thinking is that he feels like we should respond in kind. Now, I happen to believe that the best policy is an open policy and that it actually hurts us to impose tariffs of our own and it helps us that we have a free society. Wherein we can accept things from other people, whether they accept them in return or not, and that it it makes our society a lot more competitive. I don't believe that tariffs are the way to do it. I think the better way to do it is to be better capitalists, better at what we do, better at allocating goods and services in a way that is more efficient, leads to greater private ownership and that becomes the envy of other places that are not as capitalistic as we are. Last year about 36% of GM's U.S. sales were imported or about 1.1 vehicles according to research from firm LMC Automotive. More than forty-three thousand of those were large pickup trucks built in Mexico like the Chevrolet Silverado, GM's biggest seller and largest contributor to its bottom line. GM also highlighted its record on job creation, a key objective of trade's Trump's trade policy. They said they employ about hundred and ten thousand workers in the U.S. and has invest, invested more than twenty two billion dollars across forty seven manufacturing facilities. So This is both Toyota and GM saying that tariffs would be a bad idea, tariffs on car parts and cars. Both GM and Toyota warned that U.S. consumers would bear the brunt of of increased costs. Toyota said its Camry sedan, built in Georgetown, Kentucky, is made with about 30% foreign parts. Tariffs could tack on $1,800 in cost to the car, which has a base price of $23,600, Toyota said in his comments to the Commerce Department. Ultimately, this cost will likely be passed along to consumers in the form of higher prices. So this is one thing that Trump is doing that I think doesn't make much sense. Despite the fact that uh, the economy is growing, we're doing well, the protectionist rhetoric is not necessarily a good thing. I would like to see Trump focus more on a competitive America, come what may. If people choose to put tariffs on us, fine. We don't want to impose tariffs on the other world rest of the world. And I think it'll make us a much more viable and strong economy because we don't do so. And if we put tariffs on our products, and especially products of ours that require foreign parts to be built that are going to make the price higher to American consumers, we're not helping anything. We're actually creating more of a tax environment because a tariff Let's face it, is a tax <clears throat> than the one we were trying to get out of, and we could actually undo the effect of the tax cuts that came earlier in the year. Stay with us. You're listening to the Tom Depree Show, News Radio, six thirty, WLAP.
0: Our goal, keeping you connected to what's happening in your world. Immigration. Keeping families together. Political bias. Local. National. World News. What's going to happen? Our World Cup run is over. Be listening. News Radio 630 WLAP.
2: Hi, I'm Tom Dupree Jr. Our firm, Dupree Financial Group, has been engaged in the management of retirement investment accounts of our clients for nearly 14 years. My personal time in the investment business spans 40 years. We bring experience to the table in managing your retirement dollars. If you would like a seasoned and experienced manager to handle your investment portfolio, then give us a call. To schedule a complimentary review of your retirement investments, call Dupree Financial Group at 859 233 or send an email to info at dupreefinancial.com. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturdays at 7 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859 and and dupreefinancial.com. 630 WLAP. struggle between freedom and those that want to take it away. It's always been that way. It's always going to be that way. What is freedom? And if people can find it, there's always going to be somebody there to say it's a bad thing. We're going to take it away. So when you see what the Democrats did this week in, in, uh, voting in a, pure unadulterated socialist which is the destruction of freedom just go look at Venezuela look at what's gone on there with pure socialism the country is in ruins literally in ruins people are hungry they're are they don't have enough food to eat it has turned it into a place of poverty and yet there are those in that country who want that for, for us. It's interesting, uh, this Ocasio-Cortez lady, uh, the Latina Latino uh, majority in that district that voted for her are probably people who came to this country to get away from places like Venezuela. That's what's so ironic about it. When you see that going on, and it's it's about freedom. Now, I want to get back to this Supreme Court um, thing that's going on and, and the, the Supreme Court decisions that have been made recently that are so encouraging, where they took away the power of unions, of, of uh, public employee unions to require members, people where they work to pay into the union fund. They took that away. That gives more freedom to the uh, worker who perhaps does not want to support a union whose all of whose activities are political. They don't represent my politics. I don't want to support them. He took this all the way to the Supreme Court. This is a guy from Illinois and won. This is an article from the uh, Federalists. Was Gorsuch worth a Supreme Court presidency? It's starting to look worth a Trump presidency? It's starting to look that way. A presidency is more than one man, and so far the Constitution is winning. It's odd, isn't it, that so many of the folks who warn us about the authoritarianism of the GOP happen to support an array of policies that coerce Americans to do things they don't want to do. This is what happens when you have lies out there, a lie like the Democrat Party and socialism. They are telling you this is going to help you when what it's actually going to do is it's going to take your freedoms away. Take, for example, the four reliably supreme, liberal Supreme Court justices, all of whom believe it's okay to compel Americans to pay dues to political organizations they disagree with, to coerce them to say things they abhor, and to compel them to create things that undermine their principles. This is talking about the Supreme Court victory of the uh, guy who went up against the government sector uh, unions and one. It's also about the um, bake cake baking people who did not want to support gay weddings and that they basically ruled in favor of these people saying you don't have to. if this is if this goes against your core beliefs, you don't have to bake a cake for a gay wedding. For some, myself included, the prospects of a court run by people who ignore the Constitution was the best argument for Donald Trump in 2016. The question was, what's scarier, a Trump presidency or a progressive Supreme Court? When you hear the word progressive, think theft, taking away what is yours. Think oppression, requiring you to Subscribe to a set of beliefs you don't agree with. Those are things that you get with socialism. Think poverty. Look at Venezuela. So, in three cases this term, the rulings that stopped the Colorado Civil Rights Commission from destroying Jack. Phillips' business over a thought crime, California's attempt to force people to support abortion, and public sector unions from continuing their longstanding policy of forcing workers to fund their political activities. The court has handed the Constitution clear wins. Has there been a bigger win for small government, real-life conservatives over the past decade? few decades than the Janus versus AFSCME ruling. The division not only fortifies the First Amendment by explicitly finding compelled speech unconstitutional, but also calls out the left's authoritarian political machinery, which has been holding many American community, school systems, and workers hostage for decades. It's hard to estimate how many billions of dollars has been taken from non-members and transferred to public sector unions in violation of the First Amendment, Justice Samuel Alito wrote in the majority. Those unconstitutional exactions cannot be continued to allowed to continue indefinitely. The Janus ruling also stipulates that employees must now affirmatively opt in, rather than having to opt out of unions before having to pay fees court understood that dollars are fungible and every one of them should be considered a matter of speech. Certainly this would not have been the case had Hillary Clinton won as president. We know this by taking a peek at counter-history reading by the liberal dissents. So this is a, a situation where, um, you know, I'm in, in the investment business where people get to decide how to invest their money on a daily basis. It's a matter of freedom. They're not required to invest their money in any given way. The government's not telling them how to invest their money. They do so by research, by testing different hypotheses of how dollars ought to be invested, And coming up with a way to, one would hope, make a profit by investing in a wise way through time-tested formulae that would give them some sort of leg up in the investment markets. This is what we try to do. We don't look to a government entity to tell us how we have to invest people's money. The view, the authoritarian view says, oh, we should let the government decide. Let the unions decide. Let anything but the individual decide. Because if the individual decides, he's going to vote for his own freedom. And then we can't control him. So, stay with us. Got another... hour to go Adarsh Mashru will be with me and uh, we'll be talking about the economy and investing you're listening to the Tom Dupree show it's news radio 630 WLAP